Hi, friend. It's Jessica. Thanks for tuning in today. This episode is a really laid-back conversation about setting goals and achieving them. Adam shares some key ideas that will help you avoid some common pitfalls, such as not being able to follow through on a goal or having a hard time getting started. You'll also hear about his experiences reinventing himself. I hope this episode gives you inspiration because no matter where you are in life, things can change. And Adam's journey out of a very deep rock bottom is testament to that. Get ready to hear some very useful principles that might even ignite a paradigm shift for you in terms of how you think about achieving goals and making progress. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Guru Please, the show about pushing the limits of life and stepping up to live with more meaning, more purpose, and more passion. I'm your host, Jessica Sun. I'm thrilled to introduce Adam Shibley. Adam, aka the PhD, previously heavy dude, hit a rock bottom in his life where he weighed 327 pounds. He went on his own 100-pound weight loss journey, started a gym and boot camp, and helped his hometown lose over 35,000 pounds in five years. Now he's a coach and the host of the Million Pound Mission podcast, where his goal is to inspire one million pounds of healthy weight loss. Welcome to the show, Adam. Jessica, I am so excited to be here. I love connecting with podcasters. I love people that have that that passion to spread their message like you do. And I'm honored to be here to uh, get to share your platform and bring some energy to your audience. Yeah, I'm super excited to be speaking with you. And I want to start off with that rock bottom moment for you, where you actually are also in credit card debt in, at that time. And then on top of that, you're weighing about 330 pounds what was that moment like for you? Well, it, you know, they don't call it rock bottom for nothing, Jessica. Like it was definitely not fun. And this was now, this was back in 2007. So mm -hmm. we're over a decade ago, but no, I was 27 years old at the time. And I, you know, was not in good health. I wasn't in good shape. My relationships, you know, it, it's weird because I felt like my health was kind of my poor health was just like a virus that was spreading to other areas of my life. So my relationships mm -hmm. weren't good. My, my credit card situation was not good. I had $40,000 of credit card debt. My, you know, my career wasn't going well. It, it's just like, I was kind mm -hmm. of circling the drain oh. and high stress compared, you know, combined with poor health that leads to like blood pressure, anxiety attacks, things like that. And I just kind of had that moment, like a lot of people have had, where they feel like their back's against the wall and all of a sudden they've got to make a choice. And really the choice for me was, all right, you know, I either need to accept personal responsibility over what's happening in my life, or I can keep kind of pointing that finger of blame externally and saying, well, it's this person's fault that this happened to me, or this is the circumstance that I'm in. It's not my fault. And... Mm -hmm. One, you know, now people ask me, they're asking for like a physical exercise, like Adam, you're the fitness guy. What's the best exercise or the hardest exercise to do? And I give them kind of a tongue in cheek answer. And I say, well, it's, 
taking that finger of blame and from pointing it outwards and turning it inwards back at you and accepting personal responsibility. That's the hardest exercise a human being can do. Mm. And they didn't know I was going to go all stoic on them, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) so, uh, but that's really, that, that made a huge difference for me. And from there, once I realized that, okay, it's up to me like this, is on me. I take full responsibility. And when you talk about a weight loss journey, a lot of people struggle with that because they want to say, oh, I blame my parents because they fed me this way or mm. they mistreated me or they beat me or you know they fed me these foods. Like There's all sorts of things. But ultimately, once you're an adult and you're on your own, you're going to take that fork or that spoon and put the food in your mouth. What was your excuse? <sighs> For me... It was, honestly, I gave myself the excuse that I was working out, so therefore I was healthy, but my food was terrible. Mm. You know, alcohol, terrible. Stress levels, terrible. Sleep, terrible. So a lot of people will do that too. They're like, I, I run X amount of miles per day. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm putting in the work. I'm so healthy. Yeah. I'm good, you know, and that's all I can do. That's all I can do. So that was mainly my deal. And the other thing I, I had never really worked on the mental component. That's something that was huge. I, I, I was lifting the weights. I was putting in the reps, but I wasn't putting the reps with the way I was talking to myself, the, the mental conversation, the way I, I would beat myself up about things, whether it's business or relationships or anything, you know, I was like most people, very hard on myself when I would try to get, you know, drop some pounds or, or, uh, you know, lean out a little bit, I would be like, I kind of had that little voice going, now, when am I going to screw this up? When this time, you know, I've lost that 30 pounds and I gained it back. When's that going to happen again? So it was weird because my, my friends had started to notice that like, okay, this guy's kind of, kind of a crap magnet, you know, like he's like really magnetizing all this just bad stuff. And they started, I had one person that recommended that I watch this DVD called the secret, the law of attraction. And I promptly pretended to watch it. I decided I don't need this kind of positive stuff. I pretend to watch it. I gave it back. I'm like, Oh, that was great. Thank you so much. And continue, continue to circle the drain. And then like a month later, Another friend recommends it. I set it on my DVD player. This is back in the day of, of DVD. And it started to collect dust. And one night I just came home. I'm just, I just felt so low. I was like, let's just put, I just feel like I need to put this thing in the DVD and let's just watch it. Huh. And that was my first ever dose of personal growth material. Like I never really dove into any like self-help books, motivational books, personal growth, like self-investment, anything. So it lit me up because it made me feel like, oh, like this whole law of attraction thing that it's saying that I can actually control what's happening by the way that I think and then how I act based on what I think. Mm-hmm. And that was just a, a complete uh, game changer for me. So have you ever read the book or, or seen the DVD? The oh, yeah, I've, I've seen it. Yeah. So just like the, the affirmations, the visual, visualization, that really resonated with me because I had never heard anything like that before ever. So I sat down that night and I mapped out what I wanted to create in my life for the next five years. And I really don't know why I chose the five-year mark, but I knew that it was important from what I had watched. Like you got to have a deadline. You have to be very specific. It's got to be very positive. You have to ask what you want 
and then follow through on that. So that night I sat down, I, I wrote out what I refer to now and what I teach as a lifestyle rehabilitation statement. So it wasn't just affirmations. It was a lifestyle rehabilitation statement. So I set the date for July 12th of 2012 was my deadline. That was five years from that date in 2007. Mm -hmm. And I wrote what I wanted to create with my health, with my relationships, with my business, the type of business I wanted to have, how many employees I wanted to have, the type of impact I wanted to make, my financial level. I took that, made it into positive affirmation statements. And I just said, all right, here's the deal, Adam. Every morning, every night, this is how we bookend our day. We're going to read this and believe it and feel it every morning, read it, believe it, feel it every night. You do this for five years or until everything comes, comes to be either, or one of those things has to happen, but you're wow. gonna do this for five years. So Jessica, I did this for five years. I never, ever missed a morning, wow. I never, ever missed a night. And the cool thing is that I started to see opportunities pop up. And I always like to pause my story at this moment and make kind of like a, uh, a, a, a statement because a lot of people hear the law of attraction, like I'm going to sit in my chair and I'm going to ma you know, magnetize my mind and attract all these, I'm my perfect spouse and all this <laughs> stuff. And the key phrase that I like to put out there as a disclaimer is that you can't spell attraction without action. So you have to, yes, get it in your mind, dial in your mindset, but then you have to be out there looking for opportunities and opportunities to act in line with what you're trying to, to manifest in your life. So it's very, very important. That's what I did for five years. In that five-year span, yes, I lost 100 pounds, but I also found the woman of my dreams, got married, started a family, erased all of my debt, got way ahead financially, created a career with a, a boot camp program, I started helping other people as I was losing weight. They started asking me for help. I'm like, I kind of like this. So that was something that kind of manifested an opportunity that presented itself. I'm going to dive into this rabbit hole a little bit. It ends up creating a boot camp program, getting a facility, the whole thing. We, we, you know, as you alluded to in the intro, we did 35,000 pounds of weight loss in my community in that five year span where. You know, in July 12th, 2007, I'm 327 pounds and I'm circling the drain and I'm just like asking for, for the ability to create a business that creates impact that helps other people. That's how kind of I put it out there and I, I, I created that. So uh, it was actually July 17th in 2012. I was like five days late because there was a zoning issue when I opened up my 8,000 square foot facility at 6 a.m. on a Monday. I had a hundred people there waiting for me to teach them fitness class. I had 10 employees. I had never told anyone my story that I just told you, but I told it that day at six in the morning wow. and people are like openly weeping at six in the morning at a fitness class because of the story <laughs> that I just told them. Wow. Uh, and like all that stuff came to be. And I was only five days late on this just outrageous set of goals that I set for myself. That I really had no business setting but it came down to what I said earlier, like you can't spell attraction without action. I was willing to dial in my mindset really tight, but I went it every day and I got after it. And I just had to do something, even if it's a 0.1 percentage point each day in the right direction, that adds up over five years. So that's kind of the, the, the big Adam Shibley story for you there, Jessica. Wow. What kept you going and never missing a day in those five years? Well, that's interesting 
because the thing about goal setting is really it's like goal guessing. And a lot of people judge themselves off of these goals and they'll be mm -hmm. like, oh, New Year's resolution, this is the year I, I dropped 50 pounds. And then when they don't, they really beat themselves up. But that was really a guess. There's no like written rule be like, oh, you weigh this and you should be able to drop 50 pounds in this many weeks or else mm. fail. Like there's no human law that says that, but that's kind of the expectation that we put on ourselves and we beat ourselves up. So that's something I realized early on. Like I have these big goals mm -hmm. and what, even if I get 75% of the way there, even 50% of the way there, that's a huge difference, a huge positive difference from where I'm at right now. So what I knew was, whether I get there or not in the five years, I'm going to keep trying. The one thing I can control is my show up rate. And mm. the show up to me all started with reading that statement morning and night. I can do that. I can show up for myself at that level and let that be the first domino that I flick over that creates the chain reaction every day. And then at, at night, it was accountability because I said, all right, I would ask myself, did I do at least one thing? that created momentum in, in, the, in a positive direction today. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't, I would do it then before I went to bed. That was the rule. I would read it and ask myself the question. So maybe I'd have to meal prep or read a blog or send an email or something. There weren't, I wasn't listening to podcasts back then, uh, but you know, just something that was going to just move the needle just a little mm -hmm. bit in the right direction. And you do that every day. We're a species that just is always too busy to do anything. We're just busy being busy and all that busyness can eat up our, our, our time that we could be investing in ourselves. So I had to kind of fence off the, the morning and night ritual. And mm -hmm. then I just had to make sure I did something every single day. And that's really what kept me showing up is I started getting traction. I started feeling personal momentum and that's like, personal momentum is the most addictive drug out there. <laughs> like you, mm. you feel like, oh, the debt is coming down. I got rid of all the debt. And I'm like, wow, I've got yeah. all this money. And I, and I started, you know, paying off my mortgage early. I'm like, I don't know what to do with all this. Is I don't you know, it's just going to debt. So <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy, but uh, it's, it's, it's true. Like you just got to show up for yourself every day, start getting a taste of that momentum and you won't want to quit. I, I love what you said about it's goal guessing because you're right. There's no absolute like objective way to say, oh, this is this is the goal I should be setting. You know, it's it's an aspiration. It's like I would like this. And, you know, we don't really know exactly how long it would take and we could surpass it. We can totally not get close to it. But, but yeah. the fact is that you change your mind about it. You said, well, it's not failing if I don't reach it. Actually, I made a lot of progress, even if I got, you know, 50% there. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I had a business, a business coach and associate that's a friend of mine now. His name's Dan Sullivan. Cool story. Like he wants, he's got this game plan to live to be 156 years old or something like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, and he's in his like, he's almost 80 right now. He's doing really well. So anyway, he, he says, hey, I'm, I'm middle-aged, you know, that's what he says. Nice. Uh, but anyway, he has this, this statement that he puts out there that I truly believe in. And he said, we don't measure success from where we stand to where we want to be. We measure success from where we stand to where we've, where we started, where we've come from. Mm -hmm. So that's a huge mistake that 99% of human beings make is they go, they fall into that. I'm not there yet trap. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I've lost 50 pounds, but my goal is a hundred. I'm not there yet. 
and the whole journey, they're beating themselves up for not being there yet instead of turning around and measuring from where they started and going, oh my God, look at all this progress, you know, and feeling that sense of pride. So when I had my $40,000 of credit card debt, I wasn't going, God, I still have 25,000 left. I'm going 15,000 down. This is amazing. Like that's, that's how you measure progress. It's called progress from, you know, it's, it's from where you started to where you are now. You know, it's, that's, that's the key mindset shift. I feel like if there's only one takeaway from your listeners on this, like if you can just start measuring from where you started from to where you are now and you quit beating yourself up about not hitting this obscene financial goal or weight loss goal or whatever goal that you just set for yourself that has no like rhyme or reason behind it. You know, if we can do that, like, so in, in the weight loss space, again, this, and guys are especially susceptible to this. We do this dumb numbers thing where we say, all right, it's 40 days in, until I turn 40 and I'm going to lose 40 pounds in 40 days for my 40th birthday. It all makes sense. It's science. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing ever. And if they only lose 38, they get upset. They beat themselves up and they quit doing what they're doing and they gain it all back just because they were two pounds shy of this dumb goal that they set for themselves. Mm. So we got to be careful from that. Like it's, it's good to have goals. It's you know great to have vision and, and be motivated and be inspired. But we have to be very reasonable with how we calculate the data that's occurring. Does that make sense? Right, right. Why do we fixate too hard on that goal and then beat ourselves up on the way? Well, I mean, we love the juice when we hit it. Like we cross that finish line once and it's awesome. And then all of a sudden we just decide we can you know, we can duplicate it. And it's mm. just, that's just not the way it works. It's like when somebody first starts lifting weights, their strength increases exponentially because it's a mm. totally new thing, a totally new stimulus. But then once you're three or four years into the game, like you're lucky to see like five or 10% strength gains year over year, where mm. when you first started, it's like, you're going from zero to a hundred, you know? So it's, it's just the way that the game works and financially, like there's a, a learning, you know, it's called a learning curve. And once we're kind of up that learning curve, our skill set is at a certain level and we aren't going to, you start a new business and you have a great first year because you went from zero to a hundred thousand. Well, maybe you double again and go to 200,000 or maybe you go to 150 or 125,000 and that's still really good, but we can't beat ourselves up and be like, Oh, I only increased by $25,000 this year. What a bummer. Uh, you know, that's, that's progress. So that's just, it's a weird little tidbit of our, our human mind, I guess that I, I wish we could, uh, eliminate. Yeah. I just, yeah. I guess the thing to do would be to be aware of that trap because it's there. It'll, it'll come you know, if we do end up making good progress. Yeah. 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 So on July 17th, 2012, you achieve your kind of five-year plan. I imagine that felt great, you know, to have basically manifested this thing over the span of five years. But at the same time, maybe you felt like, oh, now what? Like, what do I do? Did you make a new five-year plan? Like what happened after that? Yeah. I, and to be honest, like this is a really important, really great, que- great question because I struggled a little bit yeah. with, okay, that, that what happens next question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I kind of go through a journey and then I go back and I, I tell the story and I, I teach people the process so that they can not make the same mistakes that I made. So 
this little trap is what I call new purpose, new identity. And it's really important when you have like a giant goal that you hit and you succeed, you have to have that, okay, what's the next thing that's going to keep the fire burning bright? And we have to realize that it may not burn quite as bright as it was before. And that's okay. We have to be okay with that. For example, I've helped a lot of people lose well over a hundred pounds, but eventually you run out of real estate to sell. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you, you can't just keep losing and losing, and losing, you know, that's unhealthy. So they get there. And if they don't make this mindset shift and find that next thing where maybe they become a coach or maybe they start doing like tough mutters and obstacle course races, or they get into like tennis club or they get into cycling and they get kind of, you know, into that. I helped one woman lose over 160 pounds and she is now like an Olympic level masters triathlete. And she's like top three in the world sort of thing. So like, that's the type of shift you have to make, but you also have to say, all right, losing hundred pounds, I'm probably not going to get the same sort of adrenaline rush from anything because that was life changing. I added decades to my life, Jessica. And that's like, mm-hmm. I can't put that on, on like, okay. And now I've got to find a sport that is just as life changing that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best basketball player in the world. I'm going to defeat LeBron James, probably not going to happen, you know? <laughs> so we have to be okay with that, but we have to start really what I recommend is as we are in that like 80 percentile of our, of our journey, mm-hmm. we have to start looking going, okay, what other things can I start pulling in here? Like my body's different. My strength is different. You know, what, what can I do? Let's start exploring. Maybe I want to do rock climbing. Maybe I, I do want to do an obstacle course. Maybe uh, I want to get together with some friends and, and do like a CrossFit team thing or something like that. And we start need to start kind of exploring what that new purpose, what that new identity is. Maybe you become a coach like me. Like mm-hmm. that's a huge part that keeps me plugged in with my, my own health journey and keeps, keeps me on track is that I'm coaching other people. I'm leading by example. I'm their accountability support person. And in, in a sense, they kind of are for me as well because they keep me in line. So you've got to have that, that mental shift of, all right, new purpose, new identity, and it's okay. And we, we kind of take, turn that page and go to the next level of our life. And then we kind of go through the whole process again, because let's say you want to learn how to do Olympic weightlifting or, or whatever, like you're going to have to kind of go back to that beginning stage of learning and then adjusting and adapting your life and life routines. And eventually you might master that. Okay. What's the next thing. And we go through this cycle and we, that's how it's called like continuous improvement. And that's called awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And this process of reinventing ourselves will actually happen multiple times in our lives. And it actually is quite painful to come to the end of a cycle because, you know, that was your identity for a time yeah. and it's now come to a close, which, you know, it should do. And you kind of went through that back in 2012, but it sounds like you also went through that again when you actually sold your gym <laughs> last year uh, and yeah. then moved to online coaching and things like that. Yeah. How are you shifting? Like, what exactly does that mean? And what do you do? Well, it's interesting. Like, first of all, this is a great question. And I'm really excited to talk about this because I'm, I feel a lot of personal pride in my ability to just start from nothing and take, like, I feel like as an entrepreneur, 
that's one of the coolest things about being an entrepreneur. Like there's nothing that exists in a space and then you create a thing and that creates a movement and that creates like a, uh, a career opportunity for you to live your dream life in that moment. And it's just like, and it all spawns from ideas that pop mm. up in our head. And that's just like the yeah. beautiful, but also the really, really hard thing. It's very, it's a difficult journey. So mm-hmm. I knew about, at about year two or three into my podcasting journey, I'm like, I really like this because I can impact people at scale. I'm stimulated. I have really interesting conversations. And it was another like sad, but still interesting thing that was happening is that the people at my gym started to act weird about me, like going and being a speaker on national stages and like being a podcaster that has a show that's like getting some traction. I'm talking to like some big time people and stuff. And I don't know if it's just like an Indiana thing or what, like a Midwestern thing. They started to like kind of hate on me about it. Like, oh, he thinks he's all blah, blah, blah. And if you know me, I'm a pretty darn regular guy. Like I'm not Mr. Fancy, you know, look at me, Instagram type of guy. (laughs) I make fun of myself on a daily basis because I'm I'm very normal. Um, So that was hard. And I started to not like going to the gym. I started Mm. to not like being around a lot of these people. Like I would get nasty emails from who I consider people I consider to be like some of my best clients, some of my best friends that were like, you need to get your butt back in the gym and stop messing around on podcasting and Facebook. And I'm like, wow, like I can do both. Like, I wish, I wish like they wouldn't listen to my show. And I'm like, this, like, this is good stuff. This could help you. I'm helping people all over the world. Like, like, I'm just very like, you know, I, I would, I would do announcements during the middle of my class and just be like podcast episode, like plugs, like, and then on episode 300, you should listen to this because blah, blah, blah. And they're like, shut up already. So that may have been a little over the top, I admit, but, um, it just like, I did a live event last October and this was really like the thing that told me like, all right, I think this chapter's coming to a close. So I did a live event. We had like 70 something people show up i had you know international like top level health speakers like big time people and i had more people you know 97 ticket i had more people show up and travel from canada than from my hometown from my home gym mm-hmm. to, to this this like half day event and i was like wow these i've just lost them they're not willing to listen anymore so i started talking to some people and we I, my, one of my top trainers decided to take over and that chapter closed pre COVID good timing. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, what are we going to do with this, this health thing? And at the beginning of the year, I've always wanted to explore more on the entrepreneurial side. I've got so much entrepreneurial experience and so much experience with podcasting, like four years into the game now. And I, uh, you know, have a show about podcasting. I kind of pivoted that. And we uh, launched the podcasting business school brand. And like, like I said, from zero to now, like it was just an idea. And now this is my like teaching podcasters how to monetize their show and build a business around their podcast or go full-time in podcasting. That's my main source of income wow. <laughs> as of now, <laughs> which is, has nothing to do with health, has nothing to do with my gym. Like yeah. all, I still, you know, earn money as a health podcaster. I've got sponsors and I do like nutrition coaching and things like that. But like my main, main source of income is 
in the business of, of, you know, coaching other podcasters, wow. which is, it's awesome. Like it's my favorite thing to do is talk to podcasters, people like you every day and, yeah. uh, help people kind of get to where I'm at, like that, that path that I've traveled. So that's, um, you know, it's a reinvention story, but it's, I mean, it's, I, I like I said, I take a lot of pride in it because it's not been easy at all, yeah. but I've got a lot of confidence in my ability to impact people. Like I'm very confident in that because it's the same thing as my weight loss. I did the job and I taught other people how to get where I was. Same thing with business. So mm. that's, uh, that's kind of the, the second or, or the, the newest chapter of my life, I should say. Did you know that this is what you're going to do when you sold your gym? I, I probably thought initially that I was just going to take my health, my online health business to another level mm-hmm. and COVID hit everyone's money really kind of sucked in and got tight, which is, you know, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I just discovered that there was an opportunity that, that a lot of people wanted to get into the podcasting space a lot of people wanted to get into the online business space because it's like it's COVID proof. Mm. You know, I, I was already working from home on Zoom all day long, and now everyone else was just catching up. You know, I'm doing <laughs> the same thing. So I had this whole skill set. I've been building online courses for years, you know, online mm. platforms, membership, websites, landing pages, opt-in pages. And I just started teaching other people how to do that because they were ready to hear it because this is where the new reality and the opportunity presented itself. And I, I've just kind of run with it and I'm, I'm having a blast. So it, uh, I feel like just being able to put myself out there and be open to opportunities and not so like, I've got to be a fitness person, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a fitness legend. Uh, <laughs> like, no, like let's, it's, let's look where the opportunity is and where my energy is and excitement is. And if we can find that cross point where those things meet, that's where, you know, you can, like, like my tagline for my show mm-hmm. is you should love your show like a hobby, but build it like a business. You should, you should have both. You should be able to do both. And that's the sweet spot in, in business and in life. So that's, that's where I try to operate. Mm. No, I liked how you were open. You weren't tied to health or fitness and you were actually looking for opportunity in things you enjoyed. And it, it happened to have changed to kind of into more into the podcasting space. Yeah. yeah. How did you develop your voice? Like, okay, we got to be, be clear. Like, like the voice voice or like my, my message voice. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's two, there's two like, uh, I gotta, I gotta tell you a funny story that just happened. Huh? I, I interviewed this woman from Australia. Who's an amazing podcast. Her name is Salome Shellac. She's from Australia. Mm-hmm. She's originally from South Africa. She has an amazing accent that sounds like almost Dutch from the combination. And she's got a great podcast called The Shine Show, but she's like a Facebook and Instagram ads expert. It's awesome, awesome young lady. But I'm talking to her the whole time. And at the end, she ref- she starts referring to me as Mr. Butter Voice. And <laughs> she's like, Mr. Butter Voice. And I'm like, what? She's like, your voice, it sounds like butter. And I was like, all right. And then my friend, I told, I made the mistake. I told one of my friends and now all my friends are calling me Mr. Butter Voice. But uh, if we're talking about like my voice voice, I've had this voice since I was 12 years old. And like, I just, you know, my family is full of large people. I'm six foot three and 230 pounds. So I kind of carried the big, the big body and the big voice. 
my dad is bigger than me. He's six foot seven. Wow. And it's funny growing up because he's a pharmacist. He's a retired pharmacist now. And back in the day, it's not like it all, like it is today at all. Like you, a pharmacist was like a doctor. Like you had a personal relationship with your, with your pharmacist mm -hmm. and you like, you had their phone number and everything. So people would call our house all the time wanting to talk about their, for their prescriptions with big Mike. <laughs> and I would answer the phone. I'm 12 years old. I'm like, hello, you know, shy please. Hello. And they're like, yeah, Mike, I need to, you know, renew my Viagra prescription or whatever. <laughs> And I'm like, no, I'm his 12 year, I'm his 12 year old son. And they're like, and my dad's kind of a jokester. Like I am. So they're like, shut up my quit it. And like, I, I know this is you. I'm like, no, I'm 12. I'm in sixth grade. And, uh, <laughs> so, so lots funny. of funny stories about wow. that. But, you know, I, I do like voice work and things like that. I, uh -huh. you know, people have asked me to do like some of this really strange things happen in the world of voice, voice work. Like someone paid me to say the word juicy, like they just wanted, they just wanted me to say the word juicy in different like tones and depths and, and whatever. I'm like, I don't know if I can do 50 shades of juicy, but let's, we're going to, we're going to try this. And they paid me to say the word juicy 50 different ways. So nice. weird. And I was yeah, like, all right, right, we're in a pandemic. I'm, I'll make money saying juicy. That's, it's all good. Right. So yeah. If that's what you're referring to as the voice thing, like that's it's, I've had this, it's, it's, uh, been birthed, uh, birthed to me, right. you know like that's that's it's always been there that's thankfully funny. well <laughs> you did mention like your message that voice and now I'm curious how you developed that and also what you've learned about yourself over this time and your multiple journeys I think like my voice and what I've learned about myself it's kind of a, there's a similar through line mm -hmm. and that is I'm a, a really good implementer like I work hard and that's what I like to teach other people how to do is we got to show up for ourselves, whether it's weight loss or, or business building, we can't sit back and go with the flow and hope that the world just delivers it for us. Like you got to show up for your goals, for yourself, for your family, for the people that need you to be healthy, for the people that need you to, to provide income or, or whatever. Mm. You got to show up for that. But most importantly, you got to show up for you and realize that your goals and your hopes and dreams, they're worth it, but we have to implement. And that's something that I, I like to do like a little analogy uh, about swinging, swinging an ax. So like people that listen to podcasts, people that attend events, uh, people that do workshops, they're really into like the, the sharpening of the ax, you know, like mm -hmm. they're like, I'm really sharpening my skill set here. But then a lot of times, I mean, for your podcast listeners, how many times have you listened to a podcast, been super inspired, had a million great ideas and done nothing with it? You know, that that's like the virus that, that plagues podcast listeners, myself mm -hmm. included. So we're sharpening the ax, but a sharp ax is no good if we never swing it. All right. And that's why like every time I go on somebody's show or I speak on a stage, I put out this little challenge called my implementation alarm challenge. Mm -hmm. So People that listen to podcasts, they're world famous for being entertained, getting great ideas, and we never do anything about it. And I don't want that to be your audience at all, Jessica. So what I'm going to have them do is everybody's listening. Most everybody's going to listen on their phone. And on their phone, we have an alarm. I want you to set that alarm for 24 hours from right now. And if I've said anything that gave you an idea, that inspired you, that got you thinking in, in a certain direction, 
you don't have to figure all that out before that alarm goes off. You don't have to fix everything or find the ultimate solution. I just want you to do something that's in line with that. Do take an action step between now and when that alarm goes off 24 hours from now so that you implement. And what I want you to envision is a big stack of dominoes. And Jessica, I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with, with domino physics, but a domino when it's tipped over can knock over a domino twice its size. And that mm-hmm. one can knock over the next domino that's twice its size. Mm-hmm. And so what we're looking for is the tiny little domino that we flick over in the next 24 hours. That's going to knock over the next one. That's twice its size. And then that one's going to create the momentum to knock over the next one twice its size. So you don't, mm-hmm. if you're on like a, a hundred pound weight loss journey, we're not trying to knock that domino over the next 24 hours, but maybe you can email somebody about, you know, you know, that they had a personal trainer that had a lot of success with email that person and ask them about it, ask for a connection. Uh, maybe you subscribe to a podcast. Maybe you uh, read a blog or, or take a book out from the library, or maybe you download the, the secret, the DVD that, that I watched mm-hmm. back in the day. But what's that thing that you're going to do in the next 24 hours to create that momentum? So that, that's my implementation alarm challenge, world famous implementation alarm challenge. So you need a goal first to start this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like we talked about earlier, the goal setting thing is a little bit of a guess, but it's more about like what, what area of your life are you not feeling like you're meeting your potential? Cause we all have that little voice in our, in our, in our mind. That's like, you know what, this, this relationship that could be better or this work situation that could be better. Uh, my, my relationship with my children, that could be better. My financial situation, that could be better. You just pick one of those areas and go, okay. You know, and it might help to, to be, you know, operating where that lowest hanging fruit is. Like if you feel like a oh, credit card debt, that's something I can knock out. I would feel really accomplished by it. I know I could totally do it. And now I just need to implement and start getting some wins. So maybe you've got seven different credit cards and one of them has a $300 balance. And you're like, I'm going to attack that one first. So that's kind of like the thing that you would do in the next 24 hours is all right. All right. The first domino to knock over is selecting which credit card I'm going to add an extra $50 to my payment to every single month. So instead of eating out a couple of times a week, I'll save that money and that's going to go to that credit card. So just a little action step like that. Then all of a sudden you get that credit card paid off and you take that payment and add it to the next one and you do the whole snowball thing. And uh, then you are $40,000 uh, debt paid off like I was. So uh, that's, it all starts with those small action steps. Mm-hmm. And what you're suggesting is actually really small. It's something you can do in 10 minutes, like choose which card to pay off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Just, you have to just initiate momentum. So another analogy, and I'm, I'm full of analogies, is it's like pushing a boulder up a hill. Like the hardest part is just getting it rolling, you know, and then you start to get a little bit of momentum going and it, you, you have physics working behind you, but it's just like initiating initial momentum. You know, earlier today, I was talking to a business coaching client and we were talking about making sales to customers and there's a technique in sales called a tripwire sale, where a lot of marketers are doing these like seven or $9 product offers because the hardest part 
of client paying client acquisition is getting them to pay you the, the first dollar in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. instead of having a thousand dollar product or a $97 product, they're having a $7 product just to break that initial seal of momentum so that they have an established paying client relationship and then they can make offers from there. So it's a very similar vein. Yeah, but you're also the client and you're both and you're trying to get yourself to just commit. Yeah. 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 Yep. And it's hard. Why is it that sometimes we start something, you know, like uh, January 1st going in the gym, but we have a hard time continuing and really finishing? This is another great question. And like, just as an aside, as, as somebody like I get interviewed three to five times a week. And I just got to say that you're an excellent interviewer, Jessica. So that's, uh, and I do not say that every time I'm on somebody's show, I, prom- <laughs> I promise. Like, no, the questions that you have are really, really good. And this is an important question because a lot of people struggle with this. So the, it all comes down to me of like the mathematical equation of the why versus all of the why nots. So January 1st, you set a goal I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year. You make it a January 5th and you're done. You know, that's, that happens to a lot of people, familiar story. And to me, any goal that's not achieved, it's just that the why nots, like if you're building two stacks of Legos, the why not stack is just bigger. And until the why stack outgrows the why nots, the combined sum of all the why nots, you're not going to achieve your goal. So if you're like, well, uh, you know, I want to lose 50 pounds, but here come the why nots. My work schedule just changed. My dog has to go to the vet. I, you know, I, I don't like weighing and measuring things. I don't like getting up at 5 a.m. for a boot camp class. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm sore. All the why nots. You know, my why was bigger than all that. That's why I lost over 100 pounds. That's why I showed up every single day because I knew that if I didn't, I was losing decades. And I'm like, I want those decades. Those are mine. And I'm mm-hmm. going to earn them back. They were there. I, had, I've, I lost them and I had to earn them back. So that fire was burning bright. So mm-hmm. if you're somebody that's a perpetual goal setter and goal failure to, be to become a goal achiever, the why has to be leveled up. And the next question that you're probably thinking is that like, okay, well, how do we level up the why? And Mm -hmm. there's a great technique by uh, an online coach. His name is Dean Graziosi. And he talks about going seven levels deep on your why. And with a weight loss journey, especially like nobody wants to get up and like get up early and sweat and do burpees and eat less than they did before. And like give up things like sugar. Like that's not, that's the why nots are already stacking up, you know? I'm like, so this is a very important technique when it comes to reclaiming control over our health. The why has to be emotional. So we go seven levels deep. So somebody says, all right, you know, I got to lose 50 pounds. Well, we have to ask the question first level. Why? Well, my doctor says that, I'm gonna have to go on blood pressure medication. Okay. Well, why? Like what, what's that going to do to you? Well, if I don't, you know, lose this weight, I got to go on blood pressure medicine. My blood pressure is an issue. I'm at risk for a heart attack. All right. Well, why is that important? Well, I have a heart attack. I'm not going to be there to walk my daughter down the aisle. I'm not going to be there to see my son 
you know, graduate from, from high school or college. I'm not going to be there for my wife when our kids move out and she's an empty nester. Like all those moments start to add up and that like emotional component starts to like the, the tears start to come, that lump in your throat starts to happen, that sickness in your stomach starts to like, you get that feeling like, oh, I just have to do this. So when that alarm rings at five in the morning, you remember that and you're like, it's not just about me. It's about all of that, that emotion. And that's why I put two feet on the ground and I swing the ax every day, every day. What did losing decades from your life look like to you? What was the emotional element to that? I, well, okay. I had an example of something mm -hmm. that I felt that, that really meant a lot to me. So my, my parents were both, you know, very hardworking, like blue collar type people. Like they worked a lot of hours. So I spent a lot of time at grandma's house and she had a very large hand in raising me. I was there a lot mm -hmm. and she died of a stroke when I was a freshman in high school. So by the time I had gained all my weight, you know, we're talking, you know, a decade later mm -hmm. and at that, even at that point, I was just wishing like, man, I wish I could have a conversation with her right now. And, you know, like now that I, I still think about it, like I'm a dad, you know, I would, you know, she didn't get to see me graduate college. She didn't get to see me get married. She didn't ever, she never got to meet my wife. She's never met her great grandkids. They don't know who she is. And this woman paid, played such a huge role in my life. I would love to just have a, an adult, adult conversation with her. You know, mm -hmm. like that would be amazing. So all those things that I was missing, it hit me like I'm taking that away from my potential family. Like at that point, I was like, I didn't have, you know, none of that right. was there, but right. I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, that's a goal. I'm going to have those relationships and I've got to be there. And that's it's impacted me in the way that I interact with my spouse, with my kids. Like I hug them a little tighter. You know, I steal a few extra kisses because I'm like, and I try to have like real conversations, you know, I'm like yeah. asking my nine-year-old son, like what his goal is. And he's like, what's a goal. And, <laughs> uh, you know, like, we're, uh, you know, trying, I, I just, it motivates me. So that's a big part of my why. And that mm -hmm. stems from missing out on those special moments from somebody that played a big part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That connection you had. I mean, and still have with her, even though she's gone, it's still there for you. And it's very much alive in you. And it's played out in how you've been living your life these past, this past decade and more. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, that, yeah, that's, that's emotional. Yeah. That is going to fuel you through the hard days where you don't want to do the work and you just don't want to get up early. And, you know, like we all don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and now that my family is a reality mm -hmm. and, you know, my wife is a very successful physical therapist, like elite level. I'm so proud of her, but I also feel like I've got to play my part in the, the financial responsibilities of the family and, and taking care of my roles that I play in, in the whole family dynamic. So when it came time to say, okay, I'm, I'm selling the gym, which is how I've made all of my money. <laughs> and now I've got to figure out something totally different. Like that fire, when I see my kids, like, like right now, 
they're upstairs getting ready for bed. I'm here talking to you guys because this is a part of me putting in the, the reps every day to build my brand, to inspire more people and help more people. The more people I help, the money finds its way into my, my bank account, but it's focused on helping people. And I, and I realize that that sacrifice is there and I've got, you know, time for, for kids. I usually only work four days a week and I've got three days, you know, three day weekends. And, and, uh, you know, I take them to school, I pick them up from school and we play and we go to the park and we have all sorts of, you know, fun times. So, uh, just kind of having that again, that, that why, and they're a huge part of that, that allows me to just keep pushing forward no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That is so important. I think that really is going to help you, whether that's going to the gym or, or, you know, losing the debt or whatever it is, you got to have like a, a why and a really big why. Yep. Yeah. Thank you, Adam, for joining us today and, you know, telling your truth about your journey and the ups and downs and really, I like how, you know, we can see it evolve over time and you're not just a health coach and you're not a weight loss expert. Like you've gone beyond that. And I think that is really important too, because we all are constantly reinventing ourselves, not constantly, but there will be times in our life where it's going to happen again. And thank you for sharing that truth. Well, Jessica, again, like I'm so glad we're connected and I'm so appreciative that you're sharing your platform with me and for everybody that's listening out there, you know, I just want to tell you that if you're listening to this show, you're in the right place. I feel like I've only known Jessica for a couple of like, like an hour at this point, (laughs) but I know I feel like this woman is going to build a community with this, this, this show that's going to make a big impact. Like I, like I said, I get interviewed a lot. I've done over 500 episodes myself of my own shows Mm -hmm. and I can tell when something special is brewing. I feel like you guys feel like I feel compelled to say that, I guess that you guys are in the right place if you're in this tribe and just make sure you stick around because I feel like Jessica's going to keep delivering for you. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Hey friend, I hope you enjoyed this show and found it helpful in your own life. I want to ask you a favor. I would love it if you could leave an Apple podcast review for this show. You can do that on your podcast app. It would mean so much to me and I would love to hear what you think about the show. I make the show for you to help you on your journey and I love sharing these great conversations with you. Thanks so much for listening.